This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. drinking yet is Patricia Bates. Woo! Uh, let's talk about what I'm about to down really quickly. Okay, so I'm doing wine today. Our sponsor, Skunk Brothers Spirits, DW10, DWA10 is the coupon code when you go to their website. They're amazing, but I wanted a little wine today with my nice sweater I'm wearing. So I'm drinking again the Pacific Rim Sweet Riesling that has a dragon in the back of the bottle. I love this stuff. It's again, 70% organic. I think it's a weird label. I don't know why anybody says that. It's yeah. Wait, if 70% is organic, what's the other 30%? 70% organic. I don't want to know what the other 30% is. I can investigate it. Don't you dare look it up. <laughs> I see looking it up. You are not ruining this for me. Not at all, research hound. Okay, don't you, don't you dare. Okay. But it is made in Washington State, which is where Skunk Brother Spirits is. So sort of close to, okay. CR, what are you drinking? So I went super simple today and just did cranberry with my Space Alien vodka and some key lime juice. And I may or may not have thrown some watermelon in it this time. Just to try That's to spice not simple. it up. That is not simple. I poured a wine <laughs> into a glass. That's simple. Watch this. But compare simple. I've been doing so much to try to come up with these last two drinks. So like some of it has gotten a little crazy. So this is, this is simple compared to the last couple of days. So, okay. I believe you. I believe you. Drinking. <laughs> Nothing is extravagant. <laughs> You'll never get as extravagant as her. I swear. Um, so I am actually doing my version of a squirrely Shirley. Um, we've all heard of Shirley Temple's. Um, mm -hmm. I change it up a little bit and I use, I use Pepsi instead of the, the clear. And what I do is I actually add a little bit of cherry Kool-Aid because I don't drink. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Apparently, <laughs> apparently me and CR here are drinking enough for all you. of us. So it's, it's fine. Good. It's fine. You should see my cup. <laughs> That's one of her cups. She's lying. It's one of my cup. I will yeah. point out this very cute glass that looks it is it's plastic why because i'm not allowed to have glasses <laughs> so i mean we just had this talk this is why all of my cups are metal <laughs> yeah no that's why we give out the uh dwa flag uh, swag is a basically a you know solo, solo cup, cup because with a lid because we can't be trusted with anything okay no nope no nope. <laughs> tell this amazing audience of um potentially drinkers although some might not be <laughs> what you write i write uh dark historical uh romance okay uh, we're talking well the, the my recent uh release was um is chains of rome followed by gladiators promise so we're talking ancient rome gladiators gladiatorix um you know, lots of uh, battles and lots of uh, fights in the arena and blood and guts and gore and, you know, steamy sex scenes and no, all, all that. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that's not all about you because I made you stop right before we got on the air because you started explaining your ridiculousness. So I'm going to grab my cup and you can explain your ridiculousness to this audience. <laughs> I, um, I work, uh, I, I'm a moderator for one podcast, The Writing Guys, and I am also the host of two other podding podcasts, Adventures in Self-Publishing, um, where we focus on topics in relation to crafts and doing author interviews. Uh, the other podcast that I'm the host of is Writing Women, and it is basically exactly what it says on the label um it is women authors answering male authors questions on creating fantastic female characters in fiction um i am also a moderator for roundtables for a group on facebook where we do bi-weekly roundtables talking about all sorts of weird and wonderful things this month we've actually got a, a guest that's coming in to talk all about kink and bonded and bdsm and writing and fiction and we've also got someone coming in later on this month who's also going to be talking about writing the dreaded synopsis and I am in the process of oh, yes. putting together. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm actually in, in uh, I'm putting together my subscription based uh, author conference, which is going to be launching this fall with an eye towards doing business different places other than the US, because unfortunately, mostly author conferences out there focus on doing the business in the US. Um, I'm Canadian and there's a lot of Canadian authors who would like lots of information on how to do that. So I'm doing that, but my craft and marketing and advertising is all going to be wherever you are. These are, these are things that you can do to improve your craft skills, your marketing skills, your advertising skills. Um, I work, out of the house full time. I'm also a cover designer and I write six days out of the week. <laughs> okay, I'm actually just exhausted talking to you right now. <laughs> I'm gonna take a quick fiver. I'm just gonna pop on this bench behind me. Just doze yeah, off for a few minutes. Like a little nap, a little napsy poo. I thought I was busy. Man, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so let's let's we're gonna Scooby Doo. Go back to the beginning. <laughs> Where did this all start? Because, yeah. I started writing, uh, well, I've been in the in publishing industry for 14 years um, and I've done a little bit of everything. I've done, I've worked for publishing houses as editors, marketing, promotion uh, department, head of promotion. I've actually had my own publishing house. Um, I opened it in 2013, closed the doors in 2018 because we were moving and I wanted to dedicate more time to my writing. Not sure what happened there, but <laughs> I was going to say that was that sounds like lies and slander right there. Yes, yes. Um, and then last year, um, I took the advice of a, a very dear friend of mine who suggested that I check out um, AnchorsCon, and I did. And I went, uh, it was digital, of course, and it was a complete game changer. Um, going through it, it was a huge eye opener because it really showed where my weaknesses were when it comes to how I was doing my writing business. So um, I've spent the last year kind of retailoring and rebuilding my writing business, um, refocusing on my energy on where I need to go, what I need to be focusing on. And one of the things that came out of attending it was I was able to network with a lot of different authors and some of them, well, quite a few are from Canada. And one of the things that we had come up in conversation was, 
you know, there's not really a lot of information on how to create an author business in Canada. Um, there's not really a lot out there. So, um, you know, I, I had some spare time, you know, I only need to sleep like three hours at a night, right? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, well, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see what's out there, see what I can figure out, what I can put together. And I, I went back and I, I took some, some conversations with some people in the know, some, you know, in the business end of it and, and uh, people who had put together massive conferences and we had been chatting away and I'm like, I'm going to give this a shot. So uh, right now, as it sits, I'm just getting everything organized to do a beta run for the first months uh, of the program. There's four classes. There's a business class, a marketing class, a craft class, and an advertising class, um, which I'm hoping to get beta tested uh, in July or August. And we're going to be launching um, with the first four classes um, in September. I have um, I have a number of guests already lined up to do presentations. We're looking at doing uh, a quarterly live, um, so that I've got lots of things in the go on the go with it. Um, it's it is looking pretty good. So, yeah, I only need to stay like a couple of hours. I, yeah, I got one day off. <laughs> I was gonna say, wow, wow. So, what about writing? So, you've been in the publishing room. But when did you start going? You know what? I want to be a writer. Um, grade school. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I drove my teachers crazy. I did actually, um, because I was the middle, I'm the middle child. I have an older sister. And so she went to school before I did. And I really didn't like the idea of being left out. I wanted to learn how to read and I wanted, you know, my sister's gone all day. I want to, so I started reading and writing using her school books that she was bringing home. So by the time I got to grade one, grade two, I was already a little bit farther along than my peers. And I had a grade two teacher that was absolutely fantastic. And I can't remember what her name was, but she was absolutely a doll. She sat down with me and she's like, well, you're always doodling and you're always trying to write these these poems and stuff. So let's let's focus on that. Let's get started on that. So grade school, I started writing poetry, short stories. I think I had my first short story written by the time I was in grade five. By the time I hit junior high, I'd already written my first full length um, novel, which was one hundred and thirty six thousand words historical, of course, because um, I'm a huge history fan, a huge history buff. And uh, by the time I hit grade nine, I had my teachers, uh, my creative writing teacher and my English teacher convinced to give me free reign. And that's what they did. I pretty much didn't do schoolwork uh, unless it was William Shakespeare. Studying William Shakespeare, the rest of it was, I was working on my books. I was working on my writing skills. Um, and I just drove the teachers crazy because I would be sitting there just writing away and they'd be, they'd be sitting there trying to do the lesson and I'm like, yeah, 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 go away. <laughs> so when you graduate, so you wrote your first novel in junior high, which yeah. I'm sure was a riveting piece of work to, oh, I'm sure it was <laughs> to best the classics as they all are. Um, what about the, uh, what, you know, when did you actually publish your first anything? I, I got challenged. I, I joined a forum online in 2005 um, and I got challenged by someone on that forum to write a book and see if I could get it published. 
I had little hope of actually getting published. I mean, I, I was, I knew nothing about the industry other than the fact that I went to the bookstore and I would go in and I would buy a big stack of books and bring them home and read them and then, you know, move on to the next stack. Uh, so I started, I could, and I'd been writing at, at that time. I, I, I was, was writing all the time. I mean, I was writing four or five hours a day anyways. Um, and so I sat down and I'm like, well, you know, what? I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this challenge and I'm going to run with it. And I did. Um, I researched my butt off. I will be honest with you because uh, the first book that I wrote is 8th century Ireland, Vikings and Celts. Um, so I wanted to know as much about both cultures as I possibly could. So I researched and researched and researched. And then I submitted it to two different publishing houses. And I got an offer almost immediately from a Canadian publishing house um, that was based in Edmonton. And uh, they're like, hey, uh, we really like this. It's well-written. I think we could, you know, we could do really good well with this. Turns out it was my first book. It was my debut novel, but it was also a bestseller for the publishing house. Um, and that was, I got my contract in early 2018. It came out the end of uh, 2008, sorry. Got the contract in 2008 it came out at the beginning of 2009 and it was it hit bestseller list um in 2009 i believe it was may of 2009 it hit bestseller list that's really awesome so how many books have you published i currently have had published between my between my pen name and myself um because i write under two, two different names um i currently have 35 books wow Wow, that is a lot of writing. Yes, yes, and I am really super thankful that my my spouse is very understanding because it's yeah, it's it's a full time job. I I you know if I'm not writing, I'm marketing, and if I'm not marketing, I'm promoting, and if I'm not doing either of those, then I'm I'm podcasting, I'm doing all the, the designing, I'm doing I'm doing all of the other stuff that I've got on the go. So he's been really supportive and really, I mean, I have I have an awesome family. They're very supportive. So that one was traditionally published. How many of 35 have been traditionally published? I have had of the 35 that have been traditionally published, I've had 30 that were traditionally published. Wow, very, very cool. Yeah. Do you like the traditional publishing route more or? I, I do, I do like it, um, but I have discovered that I'm a bit of a control fanatic. Um, actually, I'm not a bit, I, I am, I'm a total control freak um, because of when I want to do a sale or I want to do this or I want to do that or I want to change up the cover or I want to do something, um, I like to be able to do it. So while I have a couple of really amazing publishers that I've been dealing with, um, I've also been dealing with a few that have since closed their doors and which makes it a little bit easier because now I have the rights back. So I'm going to, I'm revising and relaunching those books. Um, but I have definitely, I'm, I'm more leaning towards the indie um, just because I have discovered that I am a massive control fanatic when it comes to scheduling and how I want to do things and, and pricing and all of those other lovely things. And I have really great publishers, but unfortunately my one publisher won't let me do my own covers. And that really sucks because I like to do my own covers. And so it's like, yeah, I'm just going to do my own covers. <laughs> No, that makes, I, I, I mean, I understand that. You're honest about it though. Yeah. At the same time, I also understand from the publisher standpoint that sometimes people can present you with great covers and then other times 
They're not. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. And they don't yes. hit the genre and they don't hit the buttons. And yes. So yeah. I gotta say I'm the opposite. Like I initially, I remember my first one, like, you know, you, because it's your first book, you're like, oh, this is what I want. And then like, I let, you know, Val do it. And like, she fucking knocked it out. I'm like, you know what? Like, this is the theme, like run with it, my friend. And like, yeah. just knocks it out. I am perfectly fine giving up that control because I am not artistic in that way. Well, I wasn't either. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I only started, I I've been doing covers for a little over two years and I got started because a very dear friend of mine, hi, Carolyn, um, <laughs> <laughs> had said, you know, I got this, this amazing program, you know, you should try it out. And so I did. And through kind of playing around with it, we, you know, we kind of learned, I learned a little bit about, you know, what I like to do and how I would do it. And, and I learned that I have some natural skills on, on certain aspects of it. And so I figured, well, I'm going to give it a shot just, you know, because I like to challenge myself, I'll be honest. And, and so I started doing that. Now, it's not been all roses. I'll tell you that because I've, I've made some big boxes where it's like, mm, no, that's definitely not hitting the, the genre point. Um, so I went back and I, and I, I mean, I take courses all the time. It's always upgrading. I'm always learning new things. I'm always learning different skills. Um, there's a course I'm taking right now, which is pretty extensive. Um, actually, I think it's going to probably take me another three months to get through it, just to get through the basics in this course. And so I'm, you know, you have to be willing when you're doing your own covers, you have to be willing to really learn and study. Uh, it can take, you know, the artwork itself of doing a cover can take maybe four hours, but it's all the research that goes into it that is is the time catch killer because it could take me a week just going on to Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Goodreads and looking at the covers that are of the, the you know, the, the upper tiers of sales, you know, with the top 50 in sales and trying to figure out, okay, well, do I want to do this? And then studying the difference between the indie covers and the traditional covers, because there is, there is a difference. Traditional publishing covers have rules that don't necessarily apply to the indies and indie covers have rules that don't necessarily apply to the traditional. Now, does it make them one better than the other? No, no, no way. But there, there is two, two different, definitely two different things that you need to be aware of. Um, so yeah, um, there are certain areas I know that I have, that I'm, I'm weaker than others. So I just try to avoid those areas. I get someone else to do them for me, but it's, it's all in, in, you know, that challenge. I like to challenge myself. So, oh, that makes sense. Um, and totally. And again, I think there is no right answer for every single author out there. There are a lot of good answers, but there are not right answers for every single author that you have. And yeah. so you have to find what works for you because some authors, like you're talking about spending that time and stuff, the thought of spending an entire week trying to come up with a cover, people would be like, uh, <laughs> no, I'm good. Whatever you, whatever you want to put on there, that's fine. You want to put yeah. a word I get in, too that obsessed. that's great. Mine's you know what what I, mean? I get too obsessed. I'm like, you know what? This one needs blue needs blue yeah, okay. and it doesn't matter what you show and be like but where's the blue so then i just like i'm not a good person for that i am not at all i get way too i have an obsessive personality yeah, yeah. I, can, I can relate i can totally relate <laughs> <laughs> so um let's talk a little bit you had a publishing company let's talk a little I bit did. about that 
I did. Um, I had, uh, it was, it was called Crimson Frost Books. Um, we did romance. We did, sci well, we had two imprints. So I did, uh, we did romance through Crimson Frost uh, books. And then through Frost books, we did all of the other genres, all the other fiction genres. We had um, sci-fi and dystopian and, and all of those lovely things. And we had, a, it was, we were doing fairly well, but like I said, it was just one of those things where I got into it and I realized I was spending more time editing and promoting and working with authors and getting author's phone calls at two o'clock in the morning wanting to know how do I do this and that and I'm trying to sleep at two o'clock in the morning and it was just so I, I kind of had to make that really hard choice and it was a choice it was a hard choice it was a very painful choice because I was not I didn't go into it with the with the thought that I was going to close my doors but at the same time as a very wise man once said you're only one person and you cannot do everything by yourself See, I didn't know as an author if we were allowed to call at 2 a.m. And I feel like I have been missing several opportunities. No, you are not calling. <laughs> you are not allowed to call at 2 a.m. No, please do no. not. Yeah, no, we're no. going to hard pass on that. that yeah, definitely going to hard pass on that option of calling yeah. me at 2 a.m. Yeah. But um, no, that, that's really interesting. So how many books did you have published we had through both imprints, we had, uh, we had 78 books published. Wow. Very cool. Very, very yeah. cool. Were some of those yours? Uh, I had one of those that was mine. Um, at the time though, like I said, I was, I kind of had taken a step back from writing. So I wasn't really writing as much. And the, what I was writing was pretty much already under contract to another publishing house. Um, it was under one of my pen names and it was a paranormal romance series that I was co-authoring with another author. And, um, so anything that I was writing was already pretty much contracted to another publishing house. Uh, and, and when I first started my publishing house, there was a lot of, um, a lot of discussion about, you know, using your own publishing house to publish your own work, uh, which doesn't really make a lot of sense because it would have gone, it would have gone through the same process. But I, you know, at the time when I first started, there was, there was this conversation going around, well, you know, if you've got your own publishing house, maybe you shouldn't be doing it because it doesn't look that doesn't look proper. Um, but I, I think that was just, you know, it was just discussion, but I, like I said, I just didn't, I didn't do my own, um, simply because most of what I was writing when I was writing was under contract. Um, but I did make some really amazing con uh, uh, networking opportunities and contacts through having the publishing house. So it was awesome. Very, very cool. Okay. We are going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back. Drinking with Authors. Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. 
You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrotherspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. we're back i know cr was just dying to start asking questions because she just chewed her dorito so <laughs> i always snack on the break i know you do so what are your questions so what are you working on right now i know you do a lot of historical romance but are you working on another series or are you going to venture out i am working on another series i'm actually working on um a Scottish Highlander series, uh, Kidnap Brides, with a bit of a twist. Um, it's not the brides that get kidnapped in any of the books, it's actually the groom. <laughs> That's very cool. Um, I am uh, I'm about uh, 20,000 words into the first book, Mistaken Groom, um, and it's, um, it's kind of an enemies to lovers, uh, misunderstanding you know uh, arranged marriage slash arranged marriage slash clan war star-crossed lovers type uh type book uh, so very simple yes very simple. very simple you know yeah yeah very very <laughs> no thinking involved at all no, no no not at all um and and it's set it's actually set um pre-william pre wallace's death so before robert the bruce actually takes the throne of scotland um it's set uh it's uh it's set in 1106 i have a cat trying to come in my window <laughs> that's probably not even the weirdest thing like your cat <laughs> yes once okay if it was a strange cat i would be concerned I like your cup. Is that the Bucky's cup? It is. I am so excited. I told Corey I would totally drive an hour and a half to go to Bucky's. You know what? I didn't, I've never been to a Bucky's. I have to say though, I um keep seeing the sign driving up and down and back and forth. So I'm waiting until I come across a place that has a Bucky's because I haven't I seen tell one you, yet. It's so amazing. Their billboards are like next level. I laughed so hard. It was to the point that some of them were so ridiculous. I was like, honey, on the way home, like we're stopping. I don't care how far out of the way it is. You just have to. Very cool. Is the, is the cat situation resolved? He ran away. So we're good. <laughs> okay. Weird, weird stuff happening. So Did you, you, try to said you um, co-authored a book. What was that like? Um, so the co-authoring was a little bit different than what you were are, are probably picturing. What we did <laughs> actually did was um, uh, I wrote the odd numbered books in the series and the other author wrote the even numbered books in the series. So we oh, that makes it a little bit different than passing it back and forth. Yes. Well, our two styles are vastly different. I'm um, I'm more of the medieval, let's just chop everybody's head off and my vampires do not sparkle type author. And she's more of the let's spend pages just describing dresses type author. 
Love her to pieces. How did you get partnered up then? I don't know. Well, and that's the thing is, is the way that we did it with, uh, with each of us writing the books, it was just basically, there was a thread that was woven through. So each book was its own standalone. You didn't actually have to read them in order um, until we got later in the series. And then um, my books kind of sort of took a darker turn. And it was definitely you had to read them in order because otherwise, you would have never got, you know, you, you just there were things that was just no, you wouldn't have got them. Um, so now we have the series back. We have all of the, the rights to all of the books back. So what we're going to be doing is I am re revamping the books in the series that I wrote, and I'm going to be relaunching them under a different series name and with added material. So the each one of the books up until the last book I wrote was around 70,000 words. By the time I'm done, they're probably going to be closer to 95,000 words. Um, Very cool which is, is good because the last book that I wrote was 104,000 words. Uh, <laughs> wow. Wow. And is this under your other pen name? This is under my Elise Wiles pen name. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Very, very cool. Um, so what is your writing process like? Tell us about it. Um, controlled chaos would be the easiest way to explain it. Uh, I usually, what I use, what usually happens is I'll get an idea um, and my ideas come from everywhere um i mean i've got i i've got short shorter pieces that were it was a, a dress i seen in pinterest that inspired this the story around this dress you know so i get and then what i do is i kind of sit down and i try and flesh it out i do a bit of an outline i use plotter a lot because i can put all of my notes there i can put all of my characters there the character descriptions and it's all in one place and i don't have to worry about you know losing the notebook um and then once I've got all of that down, then I do my character interview, which is a is a very complex one. It's about 13 pages in length. And then then I jump into the writing aspect so of character it. interview. This is not something that we've heard. Talk to us about character interviews. Um, so one of the things uh, my stories are very character driven so i need to know everything that i possibly can about my characters i mean from from their their first kiss to their you know their favorite food what their allergies are what their political you know ideals are um and so you know whether you know if they're a vampire whether they prefer type a blood or type o blood you know that kind of it kind of plays in there and so uh, a few years ago, I had an opportunity to do some adaptations of, of some of my books for a production company to get made into a movie. And one of the things that they had given me was um, a buy this, this paperwork that's it's called a Bible. And basically, in that you're putting descriptions, you're putting all this information about your characters in. And as I was going through it, I'm like, well, this is really interesting. So I kind of used that and twisted it around and then started adding in questions and and really trying to delve into, you know, the, the characters deep wounds, you know, what the relationship with their parents, their grandparents was like, whether they had siblings, so that when I sit down to write, and I'm writing my character isn't one person in this scene and another person in that scene, because it just it's too jolly. I, yeah, I, I want to be make sure that the character is growing over the course of the book, but I don't want them to be changing. And with the character interview, I find that I start off with a character with gray eyes and I finish the book with the character with gray eyes. Um, so it's really important, I think, to make sure that I have as much information about the characters and with the character interview, the character Bible, I can do that um, because I have 
I have everything at my, my, my fingertips. And then I just usually I print it out, put it into a little binder or something and set it aside so that when I'm writing and if I have a question about, well, what would they do? I can go back and refer back to it. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, you know, I've never heard of somebody calling it a character interview and that's kind of a brilliant plan. What, what about, um, so you've written 35 books and as somebody who has not written 35 books yet, <laughs> um, how do you, and I've already found this with just the books I have written, what about fans and fan interaction? So let's go back to the first book that was published. Yep. You, you had that in your hands. You had that glorious momentous moment of, this is the book I wrote. And yep. it's here. Um, what was it like your first fan interaction? Um, it's surreal, honestly, because the person that actually I had bought in the books and I was doing a signing and I, um, I had someone come up to me and they're just, they were just so excited. Like they were stuttering and I'm like, okay, I, I'm not that. <laughs> you know, take a breath, relax, let's just chat. Um, so it was really surreal. Um, and it was, it was really a lot of fun. It was a lot of high energy, a lot of fun. Um, and I still am in contact with them, which is really interesting um, because I wound up actually working with them, but they were um, at one of my day jobs, but it was, it was so interesting because they're like, I didn't even know. Now on the flip side of that, I I've had other people that have bought my books that have really liked my books, like my writing style, love my writing style, come up to me and say, well, can you teach me how to write a book? Because if you're smart enough to do it, then I should be able to do it. Um, so there's there's definitely a f two sides to that coin. That you're smart. Wait, that was like a backhanded conflict. Like I would fight over that. Like, excuse me? Yes, yes. Backhanded <laughs> compliment from hell, dude. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is terrible. Yeah. But, you know, I think, I think it made me, it made me stronger and it made me wiser because at the time, you know, I, I kind of took it as, as, as a compliment, you know, I'm like, oh, well, Hey, you know, you want to do this? Let, well, I'll tell you what I know kind of idea. And then as we got into it, it was just like, yeah, no. So now when I have people, like I have clients that I coach and we are very close. We're very, you know, I create a very positive environment for my coaching clients, but I'm not teaching them how to write and I'm not teaching them anything that they don't already know. Um, and when someone says, well, can you teach me how to do this? It's like, well, I can, I can tell you what the steps are, but you're going to have to put the work in. Um, the person that actually said that to me, I, I ultimately said, well, go back and write me a hundred pages. And when you finish writing that hundred pages, come back and we'll sit down and I'll give you, I'll give you my, some critical feedback. I'll, I'll let you know what I think. They didn't write a hundred pages. They rewrote the first chapter, I think four times and finally threw it in the garbage because they're like, oh, this is much harder than I thought it was going to be. It's like, yeah, you think it's not, you know, you're not just going to sit down and type out, you know, pound out 80,000 words and then throw it up there and it's going to sell. No, no, there's, there's a whole process to this. And I think that was, that was part of the pro the problem was that they didn't quite realize that my first book took me four years to write with the research, because I don't just, I don't use Google. I use Google, but I don't just rely on Google, I should say. Um, I triple check. So if I find a, a note here on Google, I'll go and I'll see if I can find it in two other sources, or I'll reach out to um, universities. I'll reach out to professors, historians, people that I know, or, or that I've, I've kind of been able to find online that 
have the information that I want, whether it's a university library or whatever. And so doing that, it really does, uh, it really has given me a, um, the skills to kind of deal with that. So when people are saying, you know, hey, can you, it's like, you don't know what this is like, um, but I'm going to show you what it's like. And then they usually, they, they usually back off. Um, and I do public speaking. I've got public, I've got a couple of events coming up in May here locally um, for the writers group. And uh, they're, yeah, it's, they're like, we did one last month um, that was supposed to be 90 minutes and it was actually almost two hours long. And when they left, they had that that um, mind blown look on their face because I don't think they quite realized all of the steps that go into the process. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting. No, and so what about? No, it is very interesting. I agree, and you know, some people are natural, can sit down and do eighty thousand, a hundred words, and it's not horrible, and they just it blah, and they you know can write yep. a novel in two and a half months, and they're amazing, but other people definitely have to work at it it's a skill and you have to keep working at it. it's kind of like running very yes. few people start off running and can just run for a long distance and maintain a thing like you get faster and better what about yeah. reviews so what what about when you got your first reviews um I have been incredibly blessed in that I have not gotten, I think I've only ever gotten one negative review um which was a one star and there wasn't really any explanation um I'm not a big fan of reading my reviews, I'll be honest with you, um, for a couple of different reasons. One, um, I enter, I, I read through them, but I, I don't take it to heart because, you know, that is, that is a reader's opinion. And while my reader's opinions of my work is incredibly important to me, and I do cherish every single review, I want to be able to make business decisions based on the numbers, based on the data, not necessarily on emotion. And when you read a review, especially if it's a bad review, it can be emotionally traumatic. It can be devastating. So for me, reviews are really good for interaction and, and really kind of getting a feel for my readers' opinions on my work, but they're not something that I really spend a lot of time tearing apart nitpicking. Um, I do respond to them. I will like them and I'll say thank you very much. Um, the ones that really do kind of hit me in the heart is when I get an email from a fan that says, hey, I really love this book. Can you do another one to follow up? Um, and, and I'm thinking of uh, one that I released um, uh, about a year ago. It was called, uh, no, two years ago now. It was called A Hunter's Desire. And it's one of my male, male romantic suspenses. Um, and it was supposed to be a standalone. I'll be honest with you. It was just supposed to be a standalone. It was a, it was a product of a dream. And I, I wrote this and it's about a physical medium. And this cop and they're they're kind of thrown together to investigate the disappearance of the socialite in small town canada and it was really fun because the medium is like she's not dead she's not dead she's very much alive and, and the cops like trying to get all this information and he's like you're the prime suspect you're the last one that was seen with her and he's like yeah so while they're doing all of this they're also fighting an attraction and then I, I broke all the rules, I'll be honest with you. I broke every single romance writing review rule out there. Um, they always say, do not kill the characters off. I killed both of them off. Um, I gave them their happily ever after though. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
so I, I had someone read it and review it. And then she emailed me and said, Hey, I love to know what happens next. Maybe, maybe with a live guy comes into their house and throws the, the, the dynamics off and stuff. And then, so I wrote the follow-up book, um, a haunted passion and it's a trilogy. It's a menage male, 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 and it's, it's dark, it's gritty, it's edgy, and it's just grabs you by the throat for like from the very beginning and just just doesn't let go and I mean it's just fantastic and it was basically inspired it was it was a follow-up that was requested from a fan so I like it when I get those requests so how much fan interaction do you have do you have a lot of them emailing you do you have a newsletter how is that working I have a newsletter, um, which I send out bi-weekly. So every two weeks I send out a newsletter. Um, and I do get, I do get a fair amount of, of emails. Um, I do get a fair amount of opens and, and click throughs on my newsletter. Uh, I will get people that message me on Facebook, um, through my messenger that will, you know, Hey, I loved your story. Um, or they'll message me and say, I have a couple of questions because I don't understand this. Um, so I do get a fair amount. Um, would I like to see more fan interaction? Oh yeah, I'd love to, because I love talking to them. I love talking about my work. I love talking about, you know, can, and really connecting with them. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I would love to have more, but I do, I do get a fair amount at this point. I would just be nice. Do you to do get a lot of them. conferences? Uh, I do. Uh, last year I did Minicon, I did AnchorsCon, and I did uh, 20 books to 50k, I believe it's called. Um, this year I'm doing, I did Minicon again, I'm doing AnchorsCon, I'm going to be doing the, the uh, 20 books to 50k again, and I'm also going to be doing my own, because um, I'm the one that's doing the research and putting it all together and stuff, and talking to all the presenters. Um, and there is there is a conference that is is coming up. I've heard about it. I don't know the details. All I I've just kind of heard through the the grapevine through um, one of the uh, the writers guilds here in Canada that might be looking at putting together a conference. And if they do, if it's digital, I'll probably go to that as well. Very very cool. So what was it like for your first in person fan event when they came running up to the table? nerve wracking. I, um, I am a nervous speaker, uh, or I was, um, I'm an introvert. So I don't like being up in front of people. I don't like doing at the time I didn't like doing public speaking. I'm very shy, very withdrawn. I just kind of wanted to just write and that was it. But then I realized, no, if I want to sell books, I've got to get out there and, you know, meet with people. And so it was very nerve wracking. Um, and I, I, you know, of course I'm picking, I, I, I pick, I pick up my nails, you know, I, I fidget. Um, so I, I took a pen, I had a pen with me. So it was twisting the pen in my fingers while I'm trying to talk to them. But um, when I get really nervous, I start to talk super, super fast. And so it can be really hard for people to understand me. So I have to kind of rein myself back in. Um, I've gotten better over time with it, but the first one, holy smokes, I, uh, yeah, I was just, it was an hour and a half long, and by the time that we were done, I was so exhausted, so wiped out that I just, I just wanted to go home and crash for a couple of hours. I wanted a nap for two hours because I was so exhausted, but it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. Very, very cool. So what is, so you're rewriting this series. What is the, the thing you're currently working on? The current series that I am working on, 
Um, well, actually, I have three of them that I'm working on at the moment. Um, the current one, though, is called Kidnapped Brides. It is a Scottish Highlander romance, uh, historical romance. Um, and I'm currently working on book one, which is The Mistaken Groom. Okay, and what are the two other projects? I have a contemporary uh, series that I am currently working on under um, a new pen name. It is uh, called the Gemstown Boys. It's a five, five part series um, all about five different brothers that find their, their significant others. It is a, a small town um, ranchers, uh, you know, single parent the, uh, tropes. Um, first book, the main couple gets together after the heroine backs into the hero's truck. Um, the second book, uh, the hero and the heroine get together after he goes to buy a property and discovers that he only bought half the property. The other half is owned by the granddaughter of the lady who owned the property. And she did that to do some matchmaking. Um, book three, the hero meets a runaway bride who is found out that her fiance was cheating and she caught she caught her his her fiance cheating with the bridesmaid in the vestibule at the church so she shows up in his bar in a wedding dress and so it's a lot of fun that one um and then there's two other books the the two younger brothers is, that are in there as well um one is uh he's looking for he's trying he's starting up a breeding operation for horses and cows and and he stumbles across this horse that he really, really wants, but he can't get it because it's owned by this, by this, his arch nemesis who, um, she doesn't want him to have the horse and it's a, it's a calamity of errors, but they, they finally get together. Um, and then the third series is my paranormal series, which is Dark Immortals, um, which is a rewrite of the Forsaken series featuring vampires, dragons, mist, fey, and, um, uh, a couple of other mythological creatures that I've I've created. Very cool. Well, that's going to lend itself very well to CR's questions. Okay, shameless <laughs> self promotion time. Although I feel like this entire episode has been shameless self promotion, so that's been pretty kick ass for you. Most authors aren't good at it. So, how do people find you? What are the best ways for fans and stuff to locate you and your books and everything? They can look me up on my websites. Um, PatriciaBates.com is for the historical, for the paranormal, and my contemporary male male titles. They can find me at Elise-Wiles.com. Uh, I am on Facebook as Patricia Bates Romance Author. I'm also on TikTok, Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but don't use Twitter because I'm very seldomly there. Um, Sign up for my newsletter because uh, my newsletter is you get a free book immediately as soon as you sign up and you also get um, advanced notice of all the good stuff that I've got coming out. Um, including we've got some trivia we've got some contests that are happening um, I've got a few things that are in the works uh, for later this year for the over the summer, which is absolutely awesome, including uh, a couple of uh, special freebies in the newsletter so. Very cool. For those authors listening, do you hear the importance of the damn newsletter? Don't know how many times I can stress this on this podcast. CR is looking away into the distance. Anyway, super duper important. Patricia, it has been fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I don't even know that I can keep up with everything you're doing, but I think it's phenomenal. And it sounds like there's something for almost everyone in that. So that's really, really cool. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with 
Truth Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today, I've got this, every time I look at you, see our ruins going to the thing. My sponsor today has been Skunk Brothers Spirits, DWA Tenants and Coupon Code, Veteran Brother Own. They're amazing. My amazing co host is C.R. Rice. Our guest again has been Patricia Bates. And we will see you guys next time.